0: Hello there, my name is Kathleen, and this is the Osborne Tapes, the re-release of the Analyst Corner podcast with Debbie Osborne. Today's episode is about knowledge work and intelligence analysis and features Bob Heibel. Bob's career has covered countless areas of crime and intelligence analysis. From serving as the Deputy Chief of Counterterrorism at the FBI headquarters, to his current role as Principal of Applied Intelligence Studies Associates, Bob's work continues to greatly impact the world of crime and intelligence analysis. Bob worked at Mercyhurst University from 1992 to 2016. He started out as the founder for the award-winning Research Intelligence Analysis Program and eventually served as the founder and executive director of the Institute for Intelligence Studies, the analysis and research arm of Mercyhurst, known as the Center for Intelligence Research Analysis and Training. Bob and Debbie discuss knowledge work and how the need for strategic intelligence led to the development of programming for analysts across many different career sectors. Linked in the notes today are updated resources mentioned in Bob and Debbie's conversation, as well as contact information for Bob and links toward his work. Now, without further ado, let's get into today's episode with Bob Heibel.
1: Today's topic is knowledge, work, and intelligence analysis, and our guest is Robert Heibel, Executive Director of the Mercyhurst College Institute for Intelligence Studies. Robert Heibel is a leader and trailblazer in the higher education of new intelligence analysts. A retired FBI agent, he served as the Bureau's Deputy Chief of Counterterrorism. Good morning, Bob. How are you?
2: morning, Deb. I'm fine. Thank you.
1: Thank you you for joining us on the show, and by the way, I didn't tell you this, but we're a featured show on Blog Talk Radio, we were like the first show listed for the day, so we'll have some listeners who are not perhaps familiar with intelligence analysis and crime analysis, so um, we can keep that in mind, but um, I know you have an excellent program at Mercyhurst College, and I've been privileged to visit your program, and and know a lot about it, but before we talk about your program, could we just talk a bit about what knowledge work is and how intelligence analysis and knowledge work fit together?
2: I'd be glad to. Um, I'm, uh, I discovered Peter Drucker late in life and uh, I was, I, I've been fascinated by his uh, concept of the knowledge society and uh, the knowledge worker and also the knowledge technologist and uh Drucker's knowledge worker is a, is that a person who uses their intellectual ability uh, to uh, to advance business to give the, uh, business leaders uh, the information and uh, that they need to be successful and um, Drucker also talks about the knowledge technologist as the person who supports the the knowledge worker. Um, Drucker's uh, knowledge worker is a person who is a specialist uh, in one particular area, and uh, when I read Drucker, uh, what struck me was that uh, what we were producing at Mercer's College in our intelligence studies program could very well be described as the next level of knowledge worker, only uh, with a sl- with a different twist on it. Uh, the the uh, graduate that we're producing at Mercer's College. Is uh, the goal is to produce someone who's qualified as an entry-level research intelligence analyst, and as you know, what intelligence is all about really is producing actionable information for a decision maker. It sounds very similar to what the knowledge worker does, uh, only what we're producing instead of a specialist is a generalist—a person who, in the undergraduate program, has a liberal arts, uh, liberal arts background, 18 credits in liberal arts, but. Uh, a person who, as a generalist, has uh, a tremendous ability to ramp up quickly and to become very, very knowledgeable in different talk- topics and actually be able to talk to subject matter experts.
1: Well, in 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 my master's um, thesis or um, project. One of my positions was that um, crime and intelligence analysts were knowledge workers in policing. My own experience as an analyst is that I was using information to produce knowledge. And knowledge is something that is a little different than money. You know, it's a, it doesn't dry up when you have it. You know, it's a currency. It's a currency that businesses operate on. And many people don't think of law enforcement agencies as businesses. And so maybe you could explain how to... How does that fit? And because, of course, that's my interest. That's why I have the show. Is how can this information make policing better? Well,
2: um, if a, a, a police decision maker has uh, the capability to have information that helps them make better decisions relative to uh, relative to their budget, relative to the concentration of how. Uh, he or she uses their resources, then they're like a business, and it, uh, it's that uh, knowledge worker in the law enforcement agency uh, in the form of the intelligence analyst or the crime analyst uh, that helps the law enforcement leader make those decisions.
1: And of course, the new you know the the growth of information technology has made this much more possible. Um, your group program. Prepares analysts for a different variety of jobs, students for a different variety of analytical jobs. Maybe you could talk a bit about that.
2: To our well, I, our program is concentrated uh, to produce a graduate who's qualified to, as an intelligence analyst, entry level intelligence analyst to work in government or the private sector. So, when traditionally, what you think about in government, you think about the intelligence community, those uh, 17 agencies that form the intelligence community. Uh, that are headed by the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. And Then also in government, you have law enforcement, which uh, we see in various flavors at federal, state, and local level. And then we also prepare people to go into uh, what is called business intelligence or competitive intelligence uh, in the corporate world. Um, beyond that, uh, I've always felt that uh, anybody coming out of our program And because of the uh, research skills that we give them, the communication skills uh, and the critical thinking skills, is very well prepared to go on to law school uh, and go on into the uh, non-government sector. Uh, One of our graduates could just as easily be working for MC International as working for the Defense Intelligence Agency.
1: Um, I've I've known you now. It's over ten years. And when I first met you, you, you described to me why you you formed the program. It wasn't the um, Institute for Intelligence Studies in the beginning. You had loved the FBI, and you were an agent. You weren't an analyst, but you saw a need for analysts before September 11, 2001, well, um, direct, which which led more people to n- realize, mm-hmm. you know, more public awareness of the role and importance of intelligence analysis. But perhaps you could talk about what it was like then and what it's
2: like now. In in, um, in 1984, uh, I uh, I found myself as deputy chief of counterterrorism for the FBI, and uh, we had uh, an intelligence uh, uh, resource center that we used. And uh, what I was seeing was that primarily, what we were producing were historical reports, and that there was very very little in the way of strategic report. Strategic intelligence being produced, and when I talk about strategic intelligence, what I'm talking about is taking a look at, trying to take a look into the future and look at trends uh, using uh, historical information as well as uh, current, uh, what they call tactical intelligence. Also, at that time, I was uh, working on my master's at Georgetown in in a liberal arts environment, and what I saw in the Georgetown program, or many many of the skills that I. I, I wanted in an analyst uh, that ability to, uh, to communicate, uh, understand what had happened before they were born, uh, have a sense of philosophy and psychology and, and culture, and uh, that thought, uh, that that experience, led me to think about oh, why don't we create some type of academic program to prepare people to be intelligence analysts because. Uh, there was nothing out there, and at the FBI, we were trying to recruit uh, people to be intelligence analysts, and we were never really finding the package that we were looking for. So I just carried, uh, after I retired from the Bureau and finished my master's, uh, I returned to Erie, Pennsylvania, where I'd grown up, and um, after uh, in the, the, the thought of creating an intelligence studies program, uh, uh, took shape.
1: And from those you know, beginning stages to where you are now. What changes have you seen in the the growth of the profession, or the training of analysts, or your program?
2: I think that, um, that what we at Mercers have been able to do is to uh, very, very clear, very, very clearly demonstrate that to the intelligence community and uh, the employers who have taken on our students is that um, it's possible through uh, an academic program to prepare someone to be an intelligence analyst uh, just the way uh, that a college would prepare someone to be an accountant or engineer or an architect uh, and that we've been able to show that very, very clearly. Um, and uh, the difficulty that uh, intelligence studies programs face is that uh, their uh, intelligence is a bad word in many uh, institutions because people who were educated in the 60s, 70s often associate it with dirty tricks and covert action and things like that. Uh, so there, it's not it's not easy to start a program uh, in an academic academic environment. You need uh, you need a friendly administration and you need to be able to uh, uh, show them the value of uh, a program like intelligence studies, which in my opinion, uh, just naturally, because of its goals, just naturally fits in the academic world. Uh, Another change that I've seen uh, is uh, something called open source intelligence, which is using public domain information uh, to generate intelligence products. Um, Open source intelligence has been poo-pooed for many, many, many years by intelligence professionals because, uh, in part, it's not classified, and if it's not classified, how can it be of much value? But uh, over the last couple of years, there's been a recognition in the intelligence community uh, of the value of public domain information and the quality of intelligence products that can be used uh, using that uh, public domain information. In fact, uh, it's been estimated that uh, actually 80 to 90 percent of an intelligence product can be produced using open source information, and, uh, and so open source is a high, hot item now, and everybody wants to jump on the open source bandwagon. And, and but the thing about it in the academic world is we've used open source um, uh, in our program since it began in 1992.
1: Right, and for our listeners, you know, open source information is is available pretty much to anybody. Sometimes it involves databases that you need a subscription to or some kinds of access, but it isn't classified material. And your student recently won an award. Maybe you could tell our audience about that because I think that's very impressive. And it also might explain a bit about how people Mm -hmm. could do open source analysis that adds value to decision makers at higher levels. Mm
2: -hmm. Within the uh, Office of the Director of National Intelligence, there's an open source uh, office, and the goal of that organization is to expand the use of open source. And uh, they have held uh, two conferences, national conferences, in the last year. And um, well, last month, they uh, they hosted a conference in Washington, D.C. that uh, drew over 1,300 people. It was oversubscribed by about 1,500 people, and. Some recommendations had been made in the past that there might that there was a need for some type of academic competition. Well, uh, the Friday before Labor Day, um, the ODNI put out the challenge um, to uh, academia, government agencies, private corporations, uh, anybody that wanted to participate in a competition uh, to create an open source product. And uh, there was a deadline, I had, uh, as I said, it came out the Friday before Labor Day, and then the final product had to be submitted uh, the following Wednesday. And it, uh, there, OD and I provided two questions that needed, the, and uh, the um, you could take your choice of two questions. One had to do with Al-Qaeda, and the other one had to do with alternate fuels. And uh, the requirement was that uh, that. You submit a three-page research report taking a position, and then also that you submit a PowerPoint uh, on that. And um, so our team, we put our team together, and they began to work immediately on the project. We chose Al Qaeda. Uh, There were, I understand, 24 entrants in the uh, in the contest, and uh, uh, we took number one. Uh, and actually, we shared number one with, uh, we had Al-Qaeda in a company called iJet out of Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, they chose uh, alternate fuels, and they were selected also. So It was very you know, rewarding for our students, and uh, they, they had the opportunity to go down to Washington and uh, do the PowerPoint presentation and uh, receive uh, received all kinds of accolades. And uh, they've got all kinds of job offers, too, because of <laughs> it.
1: And so, um, speaking of your students, then, it it has been an an issue in the development of the profession of crime and intelligence analysis, and certainly in intelligence analysis um, in the FBI and some of the federal agencies, where that analysts were perhaps not qualified to be analysts. Traditionally, Uh it might be a clerical person Uh who some of them Uh might be able to make the leap, but sometimes Uh people who are just glorified secretaries taking jobs and and looking up things for people and calling that intelligence analysis and Mm -hmm. your program by training individuals and, and having also a master's program has, has done a lot to increase mm-hmm. the idea that we need professionals in the field so what kinds of students do you look for and what kinds of people do you think make good intelligence analysts?
2: I think what we found is that uh, the student that's going to be drawn to this program is going to be someone who is just naturally curious about the world around them uh, they're into history, they're into geography Uh, They're into current events. I like to kid them about the fact that they come home from school and they turn on CNN to find out what went on that day in the world. Uh, They're readers. And what they're looking for is a profession where they can uh, use those loves. And uh, being an intelligence analyst, uh, uh, you can do that. And uh, you can, uh, at 21 years of age, they can be uh, working with the FBI and counterterrorism or the Department of Homeland Security and and trying to keep weapons of mass destruction out of the United States, where they could be working for a major automotive build, automotive company, uh, looking at hybrid vehicles over the next 10 years. But uh, I, I tell our kids that people that come in this program, and uh, and uh, that uh, you know if they go through the four years here, there's going to be a job waiting for them when they graduate. So you get a serious student in this program, and they understand it's rigorous. And then we build in a uh, academic requirement that they have to have a 3.0 or a B as they enter the junior year, or we put them on probation. And if they don't achieve that, then we ask them to leave the program.
1: And, and so you've done a lot to to bring quality individuals into the profession, but you've also done work in and bringing together intelligence educators. So perhaps you'd like to tell us a little bit about IAFE and what that is and, and how it started yeah. and, and where it's going.
2: I think to talk about IAFE you have to talk about a, a series of colloquiums that we sponsored. Uh, they began about uh, 11, 12 years ago. Uh, that We recognized that there was a need to bring together uh, people in the intelligence profession, uh, law enforcement, intelligence community, business sector, um, the, the software makers, the academics, to bring them together in an informal environment where they could actually sit down and talk and, and look at different issues that uh, that face them. So we began to do uh, what we called colloquiums, and uh, those colloquiums uh, built to the point that uh, they became productive uh, a in, uh, let's see, it was in 1999, the colloquium uh, reached an agreement there was a need to create a, uh, a generic uh, uh, entry level course, an Intel 101 course. And that actually brought together, over the next two years, uh, agencies like the FBI and uh, Customs, and uh, uh, there were like 14 different agencies that met over the next two years in order to. Uh, design uh, an Intel 101 course. That was interrupted by, by 9-11. But the course was finally uh, put out and uh, is known as the Community Model. And the FIAT course that uh, is now taught by uh, NW3C and uh, International Association of Intelligence Analysts is an outgrowth of that effort. And then uh, in uh, 2003, uh, at, a, at a colloquium, it was a recognition that there needed to be some type of organization, professional organization, created to uh, advance uh, the cause of intelligence studies and to help professionalize the intelligence profession. And uh, the people uh, attending that uh, colloquium uh, banded together and formed what is now known as the International Association for Intelligence Education, IAFI. And uh, IAFI now uh, is say a thriving Washington D.C. chapter, and uh, and uh, has grown to be you know close to three hundred members worldwide.
1: And, and for those listeners who don't know what um, FIAT is, it's the Foundations of Intelligence Analysis Training Course, and it is taught by the National White Collar Crime Center as well as um, the International Association for Law, of Law Enforcement Intelligence Analysis, um, and it's a basic course that is, is um, foundational training for analysts mm-hmm. and provides a great overview. But um, So you brought together a lot of people. You don't fear competition from other colleges and universities developing intelligence courses, it sounds to the contrary. And why is that?
2: Because I think that um, I don't fear com- competition. I welcome competition. Uh, but I th- I just think there's a need for uh, uh, more programs like Mercyhurst. Uh, if Mercers can produce uh, 100, 125 qualified graduates a year, that's wonderful. But there's a need for a thousand or more. So there could uh, easily be another uh, another 10 Mercers-type uh, programs throughout the country. And so we do everything we possibly can to uh, assist uh, young programs in getting solid footing, and uh, we try to show them. You know, uh, help them create awareness in their colleges and in their colleges and universities. We help them. We're willing to help them design their courses. We're willing to help them identify professors. Uh, you know, we'll work with them any way we possibly can to get them, uh, get them started.
1: I I've been fortunate enough to attend several colloquiums, and I've met very interesting people, and and found it. Um, Intriguing that we could bring people from the NSA, the National Security Administration, the FBI, um, the different eight countries, the United Kingdom um, and South Africa, people from different levels of government business intelligence companies to the table to talk about the idea of intelligence and I w- I'm wondering what you think about how intelligence works from the crime analysis I consider a part of intelligence um, from the local level to to the state federal tribal national international aspects how in an ideal world how would intelligence analysis interconnect and network so that we would be more efficient as government and um, public safety leaders to, to improve things? How, how would you think it could work together
2: better? I think an intelligence anal- analysis is primarily uh, just a good management tool for leaders because of what intelligence analysis, as I understand it, and I'm no expert in, in intelligence anal- analysis. Uh, is uh, a crime analysis is that it uh, enables the leader to look at information generated within their own organization and then use that information for uh, informed decisions. And um, it's always been my opinion that uh, in law enforcement that uh, the law enforcement intelligence capability builds on the crime analysis capability. Uh, because what the crime analysis does is shows uh, leadership that uh, the quality of the information being produced helps them to run a better organization. So if uh, if you're an enlightened law enforcement leader, then it's logical to think, well, maybe I should be doing intel also, have intel capability also to look beyond my organization uh, to recognize threats that uh, that uh, are coming down the road, and also to be uh, handle, to handle current current threats. Uh, you know the idea of narcotics and gangs, and uh, these all are topics that are you know just perfect targets for intel. Uh,
1: and um, your students are lucky enough to have some interesting kinds of internships. Where where are what kinds of placements do they have? Some of them before they
2: graduate. We uh, intern uh, the in an internship, um, one, two, even three. Uh, we've always welcomed that opportunity and, in fact, uh, this month we have something called the Intern Employment Month and uh, we'll have probably 50 different uh, representatives of different companies and agencies come in and talk to our students. Uh, the internship uh, has been uh, vital to our growth. Uh, first, uh, first off, what it does is it provides a student with an opportunity to see the real world. I mean, we can have them in class and talk about what it's like to be in the law enforcement agency and so on and so forth. Um, but uh, when they actually go out and they're, they're working for um, um, uh, the FBI, or they're working at CI, or NSA, or they're working at Customs and Border Protection, or, or ICE, or U.S. Coast Guard, or in one of the HIDAs, uh, they're actually they're seeing the real world. And it's made a lot of difference in some students that uh, they maybe were uh, average students and then they went out and did their internship and they saw what was waiting for them and it's it's a very it's a very very positive experience on another on another level, what the internships have allowed us to do is to introduce ourselves to these agencies and uh, they are very happy with our interns and they become interested in what we are doing and uh, then that has allowed us to develop relationships that lead to employment but also lead, in some cases, to contracts with those particular agencies in order to, to do work for them. Because we, we do have a non-profit uh, that we uh, called CIRAT, the Center for Intelligence Research Analysis and Training. And what CIRAT was created in 1995 in order to generate funds that we could put back into the program. But What CIRAT has allowed us to do is to use students and to create a, a variety of products for uh, for clients
1: so it gives them sort of an internal intern you know work study program. Type no it's thing. not
2: we pay them they're paid employees okay. of of at okay uh, they in in some cases will have managerial uh, supervisory responsibilities. Uh, we have one uh, contract that we've had over the last five years with the Department of Defense that's it's grown from uh, starting out with nine analysts uh, to, I believe, we had like 25 the last project we did for them, and that's the summer project. And
1: before we started the show, you were, you were discussing that you've even branched out to working with high schoolers. I know I had a conversation with you sometime right. in the past two years about how you wanted to, to help Erie become more um, uh, well, uh, two years ac- knowledge yeah. and work.
2: -hmm. Two years ago, what we we did is we introduced something called the Great Lakes Intelligence Initiative, and it's two prong. And what it is is to create awareness in uh, Northwestern Pennsylvania that intelligence is a tool that helps you do your job better, that helps you run your company better, Uh, and uh, we have done a number of uh, presentations on creating awareness as to what the value of actionable information is to, to a decision maker and how that we can help them make better decisions so we've worked with commercial uh, non government and government a- entities here in Northwestern Pennsylvania to produce a series of products for them we've also done is we've taken a look at education and uh, we have uh, working with the boys and Girls Club here in Erie and also working with Erie School District are actually we're actually creating a whole new uh, career field called intelligence technologist and the intelligence technologist is a is a person whose uh, skills are designed to complement those of the intelligence analyst and they uh, that they would work together as a team and uh, that Program is uh, we started with a summer camp last year with the Boys and Girls Club, and now we have a prototype classroom uh, that going at uh, one of the um, local public schools and also at the Boys and Girls Club. So we're, we're very excited about that because we, the Erie School District, is committed. It's uh, committed uh, is committed now to creating a four-year concentration for intelligence technologists that will start next uh, fall next year.
1: Um, and you, and your program—is there anything else you'd like to tell us about your program? You were saying there were some
2: new. Programs. I think uh, I, what I can summarize by saying is that the program we've developed here at Mercy Harris is a program. Uh, I think you could liken it to an engineering and architecture program. Uh, that what we are producing are people that have the skills to actually produce and tell. That they leave our program and uh, with a toolkit. Uh, that then they then can go out into the world and apply. And uh, uh, we have over 500 graduates now. And uh, I, when you have 500 graduates and you have 500 people that have gone into a, a community, you have an impact on the community. And uh, I think that uh, this little program here at Mercers College, that started with 11 students now, will have a national and international impact. Hard to believe, but it's, I think it's true.
1: Yes, and and. People, listeners can find out more about your program at www.mercyhurst.edu.
2: I I would suggest another website to them. Uh, The Mercyhurst website will give them the basics. Uh, But um, we have a website at www.mciis.org. And that stands for the Mercyhurst College Institute for Intelligence Studies, which we created in 2004 to become a to be a center of excellence for the study and application of intelligence
1: and i will i will also put that link on the show's descriptions for listeners and i thank you for joining me bob it's not are now at the end of the show i'd like to thank the listeners for joining us on analyst corner um stay tuned for more expert guests and best practices in crime and intelligence analysis and in policing and in the larger world as Our guest um, informed us today about a program that really does spread intelligence, not the secret scary intelligence that people are afraid of, but the knowledge that we need to improve decisions for our citizens. Um, So thank you again, Bob, and stay safe. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Deb. Okay, take care.
2: Bye-bye.